This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Follow Cap J-Hood on Twitter and Instagram. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, now, now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo. Bring them out. 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 Welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and also streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With Courtney Cronin in for Cap, I'm Jonathan Hood. We've got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you for a three-hour ride on this Wednesday morning with open phone lines for you. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. Good morning, Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash ESPN went down Chicago. That's why we can watch this show and all the shows right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Courtney, good morning to you. How are you? I am good, and I'm ready for tonight. You know what tonight is? What is tonight? Northwestern Indiana. Yes, yes. I can't wait for that as well because Northwestern is the only relevant basketball team in town. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm looking forward to this afternoon. Ah, there she is. Big J journalism. Courtney Cronin. <laughs> There she'll be on Around the Horn. That is you today, correct? I thought about, yes, it is. And I I went to bed thinking about our little phrase that we're trying to fit in. Yes. I've got five right now that I'm working through. Okay. Now, we still have our listeners here at ESPN 1000. And, of course, on Twitch, you've got to be able to shout out the Cap and J-Hood audience with some phrase from Around the Horn. You've got to do it today, just for us. Just for the morning show. I will. And I thought about wearing the green Bulls jersey that Cap was wearing on his beach vacation Mm -hmm. in his recap, but I don't have one. Uh I only have my red Derrick Rose jersey that's somewhere in like the closet with cobwebs on it. But I was going to do that as an ode to Cap, but he's not here. So I need to find another way to incorporate the theme of the show into Around the Horn. You don't need to ode to anything for Cap. Uh, Cap odes himself every day. (laughs) So you don't need to owe him anything. But, you know, know, here's something that we have not talked enough about, Courtney. And Shay brought it up this morning, and I think it's very true. Think about what we're on the precipice of. I mean, it's a new day for the Chicago Bears. And we've been through off-seasons before, teams that have underachieved, teams that did not reach the playoffs, firing coaches, firing general managers. We've been through this before, watching the Chicago Bears. But this new era of the Bears seems new and fresh because you don't know what to expect. When you have a general manager in place like Ryan Poles, when you have a president, Kevin Warren, you are going to have a new stadium in the near future. You have this Chicago Bears team that's never, in my lifetime, started from rock bottom. There's a difference between being bad and saying, on purpose, we are going to tank. And Justin Fields, we want you to take all the slings and arrows and deal with it until we get this team right. We've never seen that before. Look through the history of the Bears. A lot of bad teams. Even the Ditka regime, when they first started, I mean, there was still some talent there, but it had to be molded and shaped into what Ditka and the organization wanted at the time to be able to get to a Super Bowl championship. But, Courtney, this is the most important offseason in my lifetime in Bears history and maybe maybe in Chicago sports history, quite frankly. Yes. 
Yes to all of that. And the more I thought about it, because I remember the day after the season ended, you guys asked me that question. And I was trying to contextualize it in my head of like everything else that's happened in this city. And I know you and I yesterday were going through some of the worst moves that have happened in Chicago sports history based on is Patrick is passing over Patrick Mahomes for Mitchell Trubisky skyrocketing to the top of that list. And at the time, I felt like not all that qualified to be able to answer that because there's so many other franchises outside of the Chicago Bears that have gone through periods of transition, periods of rebuilds, periods of being at the top, and periods of being at the basement. And the more I think about it, with the way that the Chicago Bears drive the conversation of sports in this city, where it's a year-round conversation in the NFL, I think it is the biggest off-season in Chicago sports history based on all of the pieces that are in place and all of the boxes you have to check in order to get to 2023, the start of the 2023 season. New stadium, first got to close on the land. Sure. But that's the first big thing project-wise outside of the roster that has to happen. We've been waiting for more than a year now being told, hey, end of the first quarter 2023 is when they are aiming to do that. If, what if, happens if they don't? Well, if Kevin Warren wasn't here, I'd be very concerned. But because he's here, it gives me solace to know this is going to go smoothly, as as smooth as possible. Exactly. And I mean, this is somebody who got a stadium built in three years in Minnesota. So I have confidence that that same path will follow here. But you think about the fact that the offseason, the entire offseason, free agency and the draft all runs through Lake Forest because they've got the most salary cap space of any team in the NFL. They have... The number one overall draft pick, do they keep it? Do they trade it? What kind of haul do they get? Are we starting to see teams tip their hand for what they might do? And then additionally, this roster right now, like, I mean, think about how many they left 25 players go in free agency last year Mm -hmm. and the roster looked completely different. I expect this roster to look almost the same in terms of how different it's going to look as it was last year to where we are now, you might have upwards of 18 new starters next year. If you're looking through this roster thinking about who they brought in as as stop gaps at certain positions, I can tell you a lot of those guys are not going to be around the the next season because of what's going to happen this offseason. So given all of that and the dawn of a new day, more or less, with this Bears team, it's... We're truly going to be able to judge the success of Ryan Poles and what he can do based on what he does now. Because last year, he just had to find players to field in games. But that was it. You're signing one-year guys on veteran minimum deals, one-year deals, drafting a lot of rookies. You had five rookies from day three play 15 or more games. Like mm-hmm. You were relying on your depth just to be able to get through the season. Now's your chance to go out and get franchise-altering players, game-changers, game-wreckers, the Hassan Reddicks of the world. Uh, for the defensive line, people like that to build your roster because now, now you're off the ground floor. Mm-hmm. Now you're actually at like level one. Yes. Whereas the last thirteen months, they were just trying to like dig out from the basement. Yeah, and, and so from my standpoint as a Chicago Bears fan, I remember the earliest I remember is Ditka coming into Chicago, former Bear coming in, and that team was. Uh, Three and six, eight and eight, lost the conference and won the Super Bowl in nineteen eighty five. But again, this is a team here that had to be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. But and it was there were some talent, and then reimagined as they brought in new talent, and they were able to work in the Ditka system. When Wanstead got here, it was some of the old Bears that he had to work with, trying to and trying to put in some of the fresh Bears, and it was kind of a disconnect, kind of uneven because 
some of the 85 Bears are still hanging on on the offensive line. It's kind of like, oh, geez, these guys are long on the tooth, but we love them. And then people say, you know, how could you get rid of some of these great Bears? But they were long on the tooth, and Wanstead had to deal with that. Only one playoff appearance for Wanstead when he was coach of the Bears. Dick Duran, the same thing. I mean, a young Brian Erlacher comes around. was great. Jim Miller was the quarterback. Again, one playoff, just a pop-up. Uh, playoff, not very often. It's like the silly says, the pop-up stores. Hey, there's a pop-up store this weekend. Now it just went away on Sunday. What happened? Well, that's how the Bears have been for a long time. With Lovey Smith, he had to kind of reimagine the defense the way he wanted it. There were some playoffs there for sure. But again, what, my, what I'm saying through Smith, through Trustman, through John Fox, through Nagy, and where we are with Eberflus, Courtney, we have not had a team on purpose say we're going to start from the bottom because that's a hard sell. You're on the other side of that desk, and you are Michael McCaskey, or George McCaskey, and I'm Poles, and I'm saying, yeah, you know what we could do? Let's start from the beginning. That's a hard sell because I'm sure that owners in the league believe, well, we got talent. We just need new coaching. No, we're going to do this the right way by starting fresh. That's got to be hard for an owner to hear, but if McCaskey acquiesces and if it works, they're geniuses. Poles probably sold it in a way that you just did, saying your strategy of one foot in, one foot out is not going to work. I know Akeem Hicks is a beloved player by this, by this fan base, by this franchise. Mm-hmm. He was a dominant force for you. He's not going to fit into what we're doing you know, going forward. Khalil Mack, the same thing. He's not going to fit into what we're doing going forward. And so we've got to find a way to you know, move, uh, move along from this situation right now and build what we have to build. You have the quarterback, at least last year. They were in a situation where they had Justin Fields. They didn't know exactly what he was mm-hmm. because of how you know his rookie season went. But they had the plan in place, and, you, and Poles was sitting on leverage. Let's not forget that he was offered a job by the Minnesota Vikings four years versus five years. Mm-hmm. You get that extra, that extra year if you're George McCaskey saying, all right, I believe in you. I believe in the sell. I believe in the clean house approach because – They've never taken that before. So why not? If, if you've tried everything else and you haven't tried blowing everything up, then you eventually have to try that to give yourself one chance to, like, all right, we actually did the full rebuild. Yes. We didn't do the retooling. The competitive rebuild was what the Minnesota Vikings did. And did it work for them this year? Yeah. But they're about to go through their own situation because if you keep kicking the can down the road, the inevitable is always going to happen. Players get old. There's attrition. You end up having to move on from pieces of your roster that were staples at one point but don't fit into the future in knowing how long players last in this league. So I think they did, took the right approach last year, and it was a hard year because last year was all about cutting the fat yeah. and just trying to get to a spot where you could actually build on something because before that they hadn't been able to. So very uh, rare, if all, at least in my lifetime, to see the Bears do this. And I want to equate this to other Chicago sports teams. Cubs fans, when you were able to win the World Series under Theo, you know that the team wasn't very good. You're going to lose over 100 games. You know that the team was not going in the right direction. But I knew as a White Sox fan, when Theo Epstein came to the Cubs and said, the mood's about to change at Clark and Addison. I knew a World Series championship was going to happen because if Theo can't get it done, who's going to get it done? And I knew that that was going to happen at least one time, and it did. And so from that rebuild standpoint, 
you liked it, because, but you needed to wait a few years for you to be able to get that championship. With the White Sox in 2005, they came out of nowhere. Nobody saw that coming. It was kind of like the same game plan for the Sox. Just have some guys from other teams come in as attractions, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden uh, the pitching was the best I've ever seen. They win a pop-up World Series championship. With the Bulls, a couple of situations there. So post the Jordan era, it, it failed miserably. They try to get some old veterans in there to try to help, like Jalen Rose, E-Rob, and guys like that. That did not work. Then Derrick Rose comes. And Derrick Rose was the best opportunity for the Bulls to be able to be a perennial playoff team. And they were until Rose got hurt. And then you saw the rest was history. They never got over the hump. and never got past LeBron. And the Blackhawks were able to win three Stanley Cup championships. The way that was built was amazing, too. You, you start with a base with Taves and Kane. And then you build around it, and you get free agents like Hosa and others that come in. You have a championship. And you know where they are now because, again, it's a rebuild. But just think about it, Courtney. For the Bears, this is the most important offseason in my lifetime uh, to see what this Bears team is going to do. It really is. So let's get your thoughts here. Shane, let's open the phone lines. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. Do you believe that this is the most important offseason in Chicago Bears history? Let's get your thoughts in on that because think about this. In a few weeks, we'll be talking about, we'll continue to talk about the draft. We'll be about free agency. So I want you to think about this, Bears fans. All the teams that you root for, Cubs, Sox, Bears, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, is this the most important offseason in history for you as a Chicago sports fan, let alone Bears history? Along with Courtney Cronin, Jonathan Hood with you, Captain Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. That's why I see. And Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Good morning and welcome into the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With Courtney Cronin in for Cap, I'm Jay Hood. Good morning, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks so much for keeping the conversation going. Now, time for Shot and No Shot. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? Good morning. We still. Hootie, Courtney, we still have to come up with the phrase that pays. Uh, Courtney, I'm looking forward to hearing your top five. Okay. I'm sure we'll get to that a little later in the show, but I am very much looking forward to that because that's something I think we forgot to do yesterday. We've got to make sure that gets done today. That's right. Uh, Courtney Cronin will be once again on Around the Horn, and she will win this round of Around the Horn. So, But she's going to have to give a phrase that pays, something to do with this show, a phrase that we use. It's got to be part of her back and forth trying to win around the horn. So come up with a phrase that we use on this show, and she'll say it on the show, we think. And I bring that up here because no shot, not good enough. It's got to be better than no yeah, shot. It's just, it's just, I mean, it, it's just no so No shot's lame. subtle. I get Cop it. Out. Yeah. But what if I said it in Cap's voice? Would that up the ante a little bit? How about no shot sparkles? See, oh. they won't understand the Sparkles reference. They right. don't need to. And I've got we 30, will understand I've got 35 it. seconds to make a point, and if I end up belaboring on Cap calling people Sparkles, I'm going to get docked like minus 16 points, and I won't even be in the running to win to give an ode to the show. Also, they will be on not uh, not top 10 if she says no shot Sparkles. You'll be on that on SportsCenter. Not <laughs> It'll top be a viral 10. moment. Yeah. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? All right, I want to start with some draft talk. We spent the first hour talking about how important this offseason is for the Chicago Bears. Mm -hmm. Well, 
the Raiders may have muddied the waters a bit. They added a free agent to the quarterback market yesterday by releasing Derek Carr. It saved themselves nearly $30 million against the cap. But like I said, they may have muddied up the quarterback market ahead of the draft where the Bears have the number one pick. Shot or no shot, the release of Derek Carr puts the Bears in a worse negotiating position in trying to trade the top pick. No shot. So no shot. No shot. They will still have a fair share of suitors. And you got to think about how many quarterbacks are going to be on the move this offseason that are not just Derek Carr, potentially Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they will go to, because of who they are, they will go to the, you know, they'll have suitors. So whether it's the Jets, they're not the only option. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Carolina Panthers. Like, there's only one team I can think of in the mix of the top ten who have draft picks right now that could end up using, like not using a draft pick on, you know, on a quarterback. And I think that could be Carolina because Derek Carr's name has been rumored in the mix there for a couple weeks. I don't think, though, that Houston, in Indianapolis already went the veteran quarterback yes. route. It didn't work. Houston wants to draft their own guy. You don't, you don't nearly, like, win, lose that game in week 18 to put yourself in position to not have the number one draft pick. Like they were they had their eyes on Bryce Young forever. Those two teams are out. Atlanta is an interesting one. If do they want to go the veteran quarterback route? They're at eight. They could draft somebody there or they could move up. So I don't think Derek Carr entering free agency ever really stood in the way of Chicago. I think it's kind of a non sequitur. It feels like Washington to me. For Derek, Derek Carr? Carr? Yeah. I think Tampa Bay, right? I think anybody in the NFC South. But if I'm Derek Carr, Derek Carr is a good quarterback. He is. Mm-hmm. Problem with the, the Raiders is, number one, on discipline. That's historic. But number two is that their defense wasn't very good. When you're always playing from behind, Courtney, mm-hmm. what, what is Derek Carr supposed to do? I'm not saying that he's a top five quarterback, but he's not awful. He's not. He's somewhere in the middle. I got to look at all the quarterbacks, but I'd have him someplace in the middle. Imagine if he had a defense on the other side that's actually pretty good and pretty productive. Look at the Raiders over the last five years. Okay? And, so, and, also, and also I want to point this out too. Shay, you agree with me on this or not? No one's, I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks get, get coached hard, but he was coached by John Gruden and Josh McDaniels, two demanding coaches, demanding at the, at the quarterback position. What do you think, whatever you think of Gruden now, the, the guy had an eye for talent as far as being able to mold and shape a quarterback. Think about that. That's what Derek Carr had to go through the last, what, five, six years. Mm-hmm. So I just think that he is a good quarterback, but the team's got to be better than what he's had with the Raiders. I mean, the reason he, going into this past season, led the NFL with the most game-winning drives and fourth-quarter comebacks is because his team was losing All the time. in those moments. All and a lot of that had to deal with the fact that they could never get the secondary right. Like, dating back to when I covered them in 2016, the pop-up year that they went to, they should have gone to the AFC Championship had it not been for his broken ankle. That was that that was the story of Derek Carr's career. The whole thing that doesn't make any sense to me, though, is we look at this situation where he is no longer a Las Vegas Raider. They allegedly had terms for a trade that they wanted. Like, they had a couple teams in mind that were going to give them compensation. The Saints were really the only one. If you weren't sold on him, if you weren't thinking he could be the future when you have Dave Ziegler come in, when you have Josh McDaniels come in, why did you give him a contract extension that had a no-trade clause? You took away all your power. So I, I love when teams play themselves and get exposed publicly because that's exactly what happened when they had to release him yesterday. Shay. 
All right, I'm going to stick with the draft for a moment. We played this audio in our last segment. I want to use it again here. Uh, Jim Ursay lit a fuse yesterday talking about their plans in the draft, and they have obviously been the team most linked to trading with the Bears. So I want to hear from Jim Ursay here about We're their quarterback high, plans. You know, you know, no one can shy away from the fact what quarterback means in this league and how we have to look going forward where, where Shane and Chris really you know, dig into this draft and really see where you're at. Do you stay put? Do you trade up? You know, there, there's many things you can do. Uh, they took Jalen in the second round. So, trade um, back. Yeah, trade back. So um, he likes that'll picks. Be a, that'll be a Twitter freaking quote. <laughs> he, he likes picks. Uh, 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 although the Alabama guy doesn't look bad, I tell you. Um, but uh, uh, it'll, be, it'll be exciting, and I think that shows um, that we have talent here, those games. So we're looking forward um, to Shane really coming in and utilizing that talent. All right, shot or no shot? Ursay bringing up Bryce Young explicitly is a sign they don't actually want him. <laughs> I think the owner wants him. I'm not sure if the others in the front office want him. That's what I believe. No shot. I think that... The organization tipped its hand not once but twice because back during January's postseason press conference, Chris Ballard was asked specifically if there is a player at the top of the board where you're sitting at four, would you move heaven and earth to get them? And he said yes. So in that moment, that was shooting yourself in your left foot. Yesterday was shooting yourself in your right foot. So now you can't even walk. So congratulations to the Indianapolis Colts for more or less, not putting a muzzle on your owner when you needed it. Like, all you need to do in these moments when you have a head coach that's being hired and you're announcing them to the public. Owner gets up there, they do the jersey pick, they shake hands. Man, Shane Steichen, man of character. We have a lot of ties to coaches who are with the Philadelphia Eagles because Nick Sirianni was our offensive coordinator, went on to go play in the Super Bowl. Hopefully one day we'll be playing in the Super Bowl here too. Blah, 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 pedigree, fit in a couple buzzwords. And leave. Yes, like... That's all he had to do, but he had to open his mouth. And I don't think I don't think Jim Irsay is smart enough, Shay, to be using that as, you know, putting it out there into the ether to make people think they're gonna do something that they're not gonna do. I think he really likes Bryce Young and he started talking himself into that as Chris Ballard's doing damage control on the side, being like, or trade back. Not that they're going to, but no. it's that is a well, comedy. That was a that press conference was a comedy of errors for the Colts. That's going to be a hard left turn now by the Colts. Now that that's been put out there, there's no question. Like that's not going to happen now. It, they they ruined their own plans by exposing themselves. So it, it maybe it won't be Bryce Young, uh, and maybe it will be. I just think that they have to avoid this nonsense now and make a hard left turn. That they they actually do want him. I believe that something that was talked about by Ballard, as Courtney mentioned, but then Ursay. To me, I think they're going to go a different direction. Shay. All right. uh, Quickly, we've talked about the Chiefs basically every which way we can after the Super Bowl. But when you win two Super Bowls in five seasons and you go to three, shot or no shot, they are officially a dynasty in the NFL. Okay. Let's unpack this together. Okay. So you win two championships in five years. And you've been to the Super Bowl three times in five years. When the Bulls won a championship, when they won their championships – it was three in a row. It was six out of eight years. And, of course, the two years is Michael Jordan playing baseball, right? So are the Bulls more of a dynasty than the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah. Okay. And why is that? What makes the dynasty? What's, how do you define it? 
I think it's over a period of years. I think it's back to back. Yeah. And no team has done that since what year was the that the Patriots did it? I think it was 03 and 04. That's so hard in the NFL. But that is imp- Golden State did it. There've been multiple NBA teams that have been able to achieve that feat. It is I mean, you can see in the NFL why the body of work is just not there. It's impossible to do because of roster turnover, because of how many moving parts you need to make this orchestra playing the same note year right. after year. That's why it's difficult. I mean, do we set the bar at three in in a span of time, not three over an entire franchise's history? Like, if the Chiefs win, if they don't win next year, but let's say they win in 2025, is that in totality of the last five, six, seven seasons at that point, would that be a dynasty? Because it's one, two, a gap of two years, win one, and then a gap of another two years? That's not a dynasty to me. That's like the San Antonio Spurs dynasty. I know Spurs fans don't want to hear that. You had a window of opportunity to win. That's mm-hmm. what I say. I say in a decade, you had an opportunity to knock it down three or four times. If that's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs, say, for instance, they win next year. Okay, so now you've won back-to-back. Now you've won three and that'd be three and six? Three and six years, three right? Three and six years. Okay, so, yep. so to me, that's a dynasty because you've got a stranglehold on the National Football League. And I just think that I would not call it a dynasty now. My dynasties that I grew up with is when you won back-to-back, more, than, more actually in the NBA. When you won back-to-back championships or you had that window of opportunity to win three and five years, three and six years like the Bulls, that's a dynasty to me. I, I, don't, I would not consider that a dynasty. No, that's a no shot. I think the window is open for them to win it again, but I don't think that that's what I would define as a dynasty. Shay. All right, one of the most popular movies in history, Titanic, returned to theaters in IMAX 3D last weekend and managed to gross over $20 million at the box office. It was right there with the other James Cameron movie, Avatar 2, Mm -hmm. that's still in theaters, despite being 25 years old. Still went to nearly the top of the box office on a weekend. Shot or no shot, more classic movies should be re-released to theaters like this a shot for me because i will be going to see the 25 year anniversary re-release of titanic i would love to see a jurassic park re-released and i would love to see it in 4k 5k whatever k 8k in or seeing it in imax because now the technology for so many of those classic movies you can even throw like the star wars uh movies into the mix now the watching experience is different so all these years later those movies that were released in the 70s 80s early 90s you get to actually have a completely different watching experience so not every movie but some jay moore are you too young to remember the um was that the dollar movies at at river run in lansing yeah do you recall are you too young for that yeah, they used to have a dollar fifty movie in Oak Park, though the Lake Theater. And they I remember would, that. And they would play uh, classic movies, correct? It, yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't be the first run stuff. It'd be movies from the past. Yeah, right? I remember that. Yeah. So I remember just being a South Side. I remember in Lansing they would have movies. It would be cheaper and be movies from the past that they would run. I, I'm a shot. I, I that's a shot for me because listen, if you don't like today's movies. And you can get you get a chance to get uh, discount popcorn and discount drinks, even though it's a movie that you saw 20 years ago, 15 years ago. I'm all for it because it's about the movie experience. Yes, could you watch at home? Yes, 
But it's nothing like that movie on a big projector screen to be able to see a movie that you really, really like. That you know the plot, you know the lines that are coming, but it's still fun. Because it takes you back from the time that you saw it originally. And when you think about it, almost three years ago, the movies were gone <laughs> due to COVID. That's true. That's true. I saw my first movie in theater a couple weeks ago since COVID. What was it? 80 for Brady. <laughs> I took my mom. You saw that? How was it? It was cute. That's just what I it was, ah. it was a cute movie. Now, here's the thing about this. During the pandemic, because there were so many movies on HBO Max uh-huh. or on Netflix, there were some movies I saw and I said, you know, I'm glad I'm watching it at home because I'd be pissed if I saw this in the theater. It was a Denzel movie not too long ago that I saw that. I was like, it's not bad. But I'm glad I'm watching it at home, where I can tolerate it at home. But I've had to go get up, get in my car, go to the theater to see what I would say is a, a middling movie, a B-minus movie. I'd be upset about it. But at mm-hmm. home, it's fine. So I was thinking, boy, what, after the pandemic, I was thinking, uh, is movies, going to the movies still going to be a thing? It still is. I'm glad that that survived the pandemic. Yeah. Because it's, an, it's a fun experience. Although the theaters have changed. The one that we went to up in Skokie, like, there's three rows now. Yeah. Big seats. (laughs) I love a big seat, as everyone knows. What other movies would you pay to see in theaters again if they were re-released? Would you even go to the theater to see a movie that you've already seen? So have you done that? For you moviegoers, on your ride into work, answer this question for us. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. Uh, Movies that you'd want to see again. If it was re-released, what would you go back to the movie theater to see? Courtney and I are asking you that question. We also have around the NFL coming up at the bottom of the hour. It's Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. It's a Cap and Jay Hood morning show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with Courtney Cronin in for Cap. I'm Jay Hood. Still to come, we'll go around the National Football League. But we're asking you the question, based on uh, Shane Norling's question during Shot or No Shot, what other movies would you pay to see in theaters again if they were re-released? Would you even go to the theater to see a movie that's already that you've already seen? Absolutely. Okay, so there's two experiences as we know, Courtney. There is the home experience where we have our own big screen television and we're watching movies that either you are getting from Amazon or Netflix or Hulu or wherever you're getting it from. Or, if, you, if you're lazy, the uh, local cable channel that just happens to have it on on a Saturday afternoon and you sit through commercials to wait. It's still my favorite. I'm just going to wait through all these commercials. It's on TNT. It's on AMC. I'm going to watch anyway. Wait until I give you this line. People do that, you know. But there's some movies that I definitely want to see in the theater again. And, and just so you know, I'm actually more of a small screen guy than a movie guy. I know the prerequisite to be doing sports talk is to be able to quote every movie of every guy movie and every line. <laughs> I'm not that guy. I'm really more of a small screen sitcom guy or movies uh, guy that's on television. But I do like some movies. One of them I, I pointed out uh, was we'll start with Major League. That's one. But here's the question. Like Major League, Jackie, Jackie Brown, Reservoir, Dogs, Big Lebowski. You know, funny movies or interesting movies like that. But do I want to see them in its original state on the screen or do I want to see them remastered? Super HD or whatever the next thing is. 4K? For Major League, would you need that? I think the only time it has to be remastered to truly get the experience is if it's a Star Wars or a movie that had graphics that 
for its time were advanced, but now could be so much more. And the IMAX experience, because you and I were talking about, you know, the Omnimax down at Science, Museum of Science and Industry. I used yeah. to love going as a kid. Yeah, man. Because and even though these were like space movies, that's dope. Your seat leans back. You're watching the stars. You feel like you're part of whatever you're seeing. That in the IMAX and... Uh, you know, I think about those Fast and Furious movies. Yes. Not that I love them by any stretch, but that to me would be a great IMAX experience so you feel like you're in the car. Yes. Like what a lot of people said with the second Top Gun movie, why it has to be that sort of experience versus seeing it in a normal theater. You got to see it, Courtney. I know. I know. It's been on my list since June. It I is. haven't seen the first one, so... I think you need the first one for context. I agree. So watch the next... Again, will it be as good as the second one? I don't know. I mean, the first one was such a blockbuster. Everyone wanted to see it because it was so different. But then we have more, we have more knowledge of Tom Cruise now than when that first movie came out. We didn't know he did his own stunts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a maniac. And it's like it. And even just the ones where it's like, yeah, you know what? I did my own stunt. Can we just do that again? So you want to jump out of a plane again? Is that what you're saying? That's what you. He's a maniac, but he does his own stunts. I don't know if I knew that at the time of the first movie. So, but now with that context, it's like. Wow, that guy actually did his own stunts. And he did him in the second movie, too, you're saying? Yes, definitely in the second movie. I didn't know he did that in the first. I had no idea. Shay, was that not common knowledge? I, it was less of a stunt movie, but yeah, he's always been a I'm-going-to-do-it-myself guy. That's amazing for someone so short. He's a little guy. At his age, too. Oh, yeah. You know what? He's ageless, though. He's ageless. Look at him. We talked about he's got the new Mission Impossible movie coming out this summer. He drives a bike off a cliff, and Courtney doing it once in real life wasn't good enough. He did five takes driving this bike off of a cliff and then base jumping out of it. Did he get hurt? Uh, No, I don't Ah. believe so. But there is the famous story during one of the Mission Impossible movies, jumping from building to building. He broke his ankle, and that was the uh, cut that made the movie. That's what happens when you do parkour (laughs) unnecessarily. (laughs) Someone else can do that for you. You still get paid the same. Mm -hmm. 312-332-3776 is our phone number here on Cap and J. Hood. All right, let's go to the phone lines and talk to you. Uh, Gary and Bourbon A on Cap and J. Hood on ESPN 1000. Good morning, Gary. Hey, good morning, guys. Happy hump day. How are you? We're good. Thanks for checking in. Good, good, good. So I know you guys had the, the whole thing that brought this up was uh, the Titanic re-release. Yeah. And, you know, yesterday it was it turned out really awesome for me because I normally suck at Valentine's Day and, and stuff like that. So when, when I remembered it was my wife's favorite movie of all time, I'm like, this is the perfect chance because we were in, like, second grade when it came out. Mm-hmm. So we, we know we, we love the movie. She loves the movie. But we never got to see it in, in movie theater. And that the last hour, not to sound morbid, but that last hour of Titanic, the shipwreck scene in movie theater, was awesome. I, I mean, I, the first hour and the third hour was awesome. The middle hour, I just took a nap. I really enjoyed well, it. Hang I, on I a think second. I do stuff like that more often. Hang on a second, Gary. Coach Bruce is also weighing in on this. Bruce, how are you, pal? I'm living the dream every day. How you doing, hoodie? We're good, man. So uh, say hello to Gary. Gary, how are you, sir? Well done with good, the, uh, good, with the uh, val- well done with the Valentine's Day gift with the with the wife going to see Titanic. I unfortunately did not go see Titanic with my wife. She had a ladies' uh, night this past Friday and went to see it with some friends, and she she said it was absolutely amazing. God bless her for going though, man, because she went at eight thirty at night and didn't get home until like one in the morning. I was like, what are you doing? It's a long movie. <laughs> <That's so funny>. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, would you allow your wife to see it by herself with a, uh, friends without you? 
I mean, I would have preferred it went like that. That guy's lucky. I didn't want to sit there for three hours. But... <laughs> Wait a minute. You know, Wait a minute. It was cool, though, man. It was cool because I normally, I normally suck at that kind of stuff, getting gifts, remembering holidays, Valentine's Day. So, like, a week ago when I found out it was coming out, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. And it was it was worth it. It was really worth it. It was it was it was solid, but I would have I would have preferred to not have gone. Now, now hold on see, a second, just, Coach Bruce. Now you have another idea. You your wife didn't went to see Titanic, but maybe you and Gary could see another movie. Bruce, what what do you have so, in mind? So my the first thing that came to my mind when you guys were talking about this, I was like, man, it'd be really awesome to see Back to the Future. Like in yeah. like theaters, oh my God. like it's my top three movies all time. That's what I'm saying. Like, so when Corey was bringing up uh, about IMAX and how uh, amazing graphics are, and you know, if, if, if Back to the Future can like they can remake it, make it uh, have all the graphics be just absolutely outstanding again, and whatever. Because at the time they were amazing in 1985, but can you imagine bringing in 2023 with updated information, updated stuff? I'm telling you, that would be golden. See, I'm, I'm on board with Coach Bruce here, hoodie. I think you got to make that happen. We got to figure out how to re-release Back to the Future, man. <laughs> I, I want Gary. I want you and Coach Bruce to be able to enjoy Back to the Future on a guys' night out, right? Hey, Say it again. You're coming too, right, hoodie? I would love to go. Absolutely. See Back to the Future. Back absolutely. to the Future. That'd be sick. <laughs> All right, guys. Gary and Coach Bruce, we're bringing men together right here on Cap and J Hood. How about that? That's what sports radio is for. <laughs> but again, it goes back to the bigger overarching topic. The original or remastered? They say remastered Back to the Future. I, because those are movies that create have elements that are, would just be better when they're bigger, louder, and you know remastered in a way that they weren't in their original version. To, I really want to see what that scene's like when Billy Zane's trying to shoot Leonardo DiCaprio on the boat and then finds somebody's child and jumps into the lifeboat. I want to see what that's like in a remastered 25th anniversary version. And quickly, to your point, you talk about the movies that you sit through on E! or yes. on AMC. <laughs> yes. that, Titanic was one of those for me. And a couple of years ago, I had the audacity when it wasn't on. I was like, I really want to watch Titanic. I paid for it. I paid like $13 to watch it on demand <laughs> when it's on TV all the time. There's no shame because no one's looking. Around. Did you look over your shoulder? So should I do this? Hmm, maybe I will. Click. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just the shame of of admitting that yeah. all these years later. <laughs> but you want to see it so badly, though, right? And now I want to go see it in theaters. I mean, to me, this is if you don't go, if you haven't seen it, it's such a classic movie. I know somebody who is like refuses to see it, will not buy into the hype. Like, you want to go watch Titanic two? The spinoff on it that was created no. by some Australian director? No, thank you. To watch the thing get resurrected? No, I want to go see Titanic, and I want to go see it in the theater again, and I want to have the full body experience, because I was seven when mm -hmm. we went to watch it. So it was my dad, my brother, and myself, and of course, during some of the adult scenes, there was a hand that kind of slowly came <laughs> Chris Collinsworthing itself into my vision like, to cover up what we were watching. I want to be able to see all that in HD now. Like, Hi, hi, Def. 
You mean your dad scooted over in the chair? No, the hand did. <laughs> like, like, just like Chris does on NBC. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We're asking you the question, the movie that you'd want to see uh, again. If it was re-released, what would you go to the movies to see? We'll get your phone calls in on that, as well as around the NFL. All part of our next half hour on Cap and J-Hood. Here's today's headlines Headline. with Cap and J-Hood. The Bulls will take on the Indiana Pacers, Chicago. That's going to take place uh, later on tonight at 6 o'clock. The Las Vegas Raiders officially released quarterback Derek Carr yesterday, avoiding a $40 million guarantee and freeing up nearly $30 million in cap space. The Eagles have officially lost both of their coordinators after losing Super Bowl 57. Defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon uh, filled the final head coaching vacancy yesterday, taking the head coaching job with the Arizona Cardinals. March Madness is getting closer. Illinois went on to Happy Valley, and they left with a loss to Penn State by a score of 93-81, falling to seventh place in the Big Ten. They're 8-6. SIU, they defeated Valparaiso 66-62. Northwestern will look to stay hot as they take on number they take on Indiana after taking on Purdue and knocking them down on Sunday. Jay Moore. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7 here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. That same ESPN Chicago app in which you can find Fast Break. The NBA podcast is available now on the ESPN Chicago app. I got a chance to talk to Chicago's own Quentin Richardson doing uh, television for Bally's Orlando. Of course, him covering the Magic, Courtney, he's rubbing it in from the last <laughs> win that uh, the Magic had against the Bulls. We talk about that. We talk about college basketball players from, oh, I guess, high school players from this city not staying, going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's DePaul, Northwestern, UIC, we talked about his choices. You know, he could have went anywhere. Quentin Richardson was a hell of a high school ball player. He played at DePaul. We don't see that as often anymore. We talk about that on Fast Break. It's available now on the ESPN Chicago app. 312-332-3776. We're going to go around the NFL, Courtney, in just a moment. But we got to be able to talk to more of our listeners regarding the re-release. If there was a movie that was re-released, would you go to the theater to see it? And how would you want to see it? I think that's another little carrot on the stick here. Because some want to see their shows in non-HD, black and white, you know, in its original form. Some would like to have it remastered. So let's go to the phone lines to talk to you about that. Brad in Lake Zurich on ESPN 1000 on Cap and J. Hood. Good morning, Brad. Good morning. Courtney had it exactly right. You need some kind of uh, a scene or an element that is just, you know, loud as can be. And I think of heat because you got the music all throughout that Moby produced in the background that can be driving at times. You got, uh, you know, Al Pacino and his "Give me all you got" kind of moment. Yeah. You know, it is, and but then you got the shootout at the end, and I think that'd be great to have the the bullets whizzing by you, you know, in updated sound, even though the movie's only what thirty years old now. Yeah, Just, uh, Matt. Again, to be able to look at your favorite movie in today's technology, if it was twenty years ago, thirty years ago. I think that still would be cool. Breakfast Club? 
Can you update that? Just update the color, right? Pretty much. Yeah, and like restore. I don't know how that happens in post edit, like restoring the color to make it vibrant. Mm-hmm. I, I like black and white movies should stay black and white, right? I would say so. You yes. You can't. I mean, first of all, I don't. I it, that makes my brain explode thinking about how you add color to something that was shot in black and white on film. Right. But it has to have an element of, you know, sound visually appealing that can just be the ante can be upped to a certain level in 2023 that it wasn't and to your point about seeing a movie on like a small screen seeing like at home seeing it i'm not one of these people who wants to see a movie that's like you know an old movie that they're re-releasing like it at like a park you know what i mean like they do movies in um, millennium park like I can't hear it to begin with. Right. Even if they have the speakers, like that's not a movie going experience. So don't re-release Titanic and then tell me to go to Ravinia to watch it because I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. 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 Because you need out- the you need the whole body experience outside. The the sound goes up, so it's not around you, or you don't have headphones on, or whatever. When you have it in a park like that outside, you hear it, but it doesn't give you that same surround feel like a, a movie theater or at the house. Mm-hmm. So totally get it. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Uh, Jeremy in Humboldt Park on Cap and Jay Hood. Good morning, Jay. Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing? We're good, man. Thanks for checking in with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I got to go with the Godfather trilogy, man. Yesterday, it was Valentine's Day, and the first three years me and my now wife dated, we watched a different installment of the Godfather on Valentine's Day. So let me get that in the theater, and that's what's up. Is that romantic, Jeremy? I mean, really? A lot of yeah. blood there. Hey, we love it. I guess she said yes after, after that, so. Oh, she, so, so it's not like you're forcing it on her. She likes it as well. Yeah, she enjoys that. The trilogy. All of them, right? So, so the third one, yeah. too? Yeah, all of them. Yeah. That completes the story. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, Jeremy, thanks so much for checking in. Uh, Robert in uh, Franklin Park on Cap and J. Hood with Courtney in for Cap here on ESPN 1000. All right, Rob. Uh, hi, thanks for having me on the show. I oh, called Rob. <laughs> I called because I thought I would give my input on the the phrase that pays. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was asking Shay, like, what's exactly? And I thought, well, what if you put the names of the title of the show in sentences? For example, depending what Courtney's question gets asked, maybe she could reply with, all right, well, there's no cap in this. Let's pop the hood on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the product placement. I like that. And can I can I uh, <laughs> chime in on the movies yeah. uh, that you guys are talking about? Well, I have two of them. One is Aliens with Sigourney Weaver yep. and Terminator 2 with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Robert, thank you very much for the phone call. All right, let's go around the National Football League. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Around the National Football League, here's Shane Orling. Shane? Well, hoodie about... An hour ago, this was not where we're going to start, but it is now. Jim Ursay just put out a tweet. It is a photo, black and white photo, of a young Jim Ursay riding on the back of a bear at the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago. The tweet says, my relationship with the Chicago Bears goes back more than 60 years. 
What is it doing? (laughs) Because, I mean, there's no context to this. It's just that. That's that's the tweet. Oh, I think you know what that means. This is this is too calculated to be a troll job, right? Is he smart enough to be no. trolling the Chicago Bears, or is he saying we are trading the pick today? Hold on a second. He hired Jeff Saturday. Now you answer your own question. Is he smart enough? But like, I, I don't understand the logic and the rationale. Like, you already went ahead and gave the plan, your draft plan yesterday in the press conference. So what's the point of doing this? What's the motivation behind this? Hey, Ryan Poles, call me, not Chris Ballard. I'll give you whatever you want. You got to give him some benefit of the doubt, though. He's a Chicago guy. His bands play here sometimes. You know, he got his little band, you know, so give him a little benefit of the doubt. Given what we know about Jim Irsay's, shall I say, checkered past, do we have to give him the benefit of the doubt? I don't know. This is a tweet that screams, just picked his head off the desk after a bender. Uh, It's time, while you're doing the show, Courtney, I'm going to need 2,000 words on Jim Irsay right now. We're going to send send that into the desk because what he just told you right there is, we're going to deal with the Bears I've had a relationship with them for after 60 years. Would he? We're trading up. <laughs> he didn't capitalize the B in bears. Is that a sign? Again, am I reading too much into this? Is trying to find clues and context that don't exist? No, that's how Shea types also in smaller case. <laughs> but he used uppercase for Chicago. Because it's a city and it's a proper noun. It also, it's automatic when you start putting in S-C-H-I on your phone. No, I turned that feature off. It's not automatic for me. I mean, for Ursay it is. Well. Because he understands. He has the big tax on his phone. <laughs> Jay Moore, in the words of Aaron Rodgers. Not spread any fake news, okay? Okay. Thank you very much. Stay in your darkness. Jim Ursay, I'm going to need 2,000 words. Right to the desk. I'll get, on, I'll get on in the break. I mean, I think it's very clear what he's saying here. Why? How many words, Why? Courtney, do you need to say Bender. <laughs> One. I mean, seriously. I, What's the point of that? I don't. No, there is no point to it. And I just. Is he calculated enough to be trolling us right now? Is he going back to what he said yesterday and said, man, I really did speak out of turn. I shouldn't have said those things. Let me try to. Like what you were saying, Hoodie, like put it out there that we want Bryce Young, but we really don't want Bryce Young. So I said all those things. Well, how can I do damage control here? Oh, I'm going to make it look like it's an automatic that we're trading with the Bears by putting this out. Like, I can't connect the dots here. I don't understand outside of what Shay was saying, if it is a uh, substance abuse induced tweet. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think know. So. No. What do you think it is? No, I, I think it's him saying that, hey, we like to have that number one pick. Hey, and I've got a relationship with, the, with Chicago for 60 years. And you know what the key is to this whole tweet is the ellipses afterwards. The dot, dot, dot? Yes. Some people type like that, and it drives me nuts. I'm but, like, are you saying something else? Is this a passive-aggressive thing? Did you just hit the period button three times? I think it's all of the above except the last part. I think it's a, the first two for sure. It's pretty much saying, hey, Chicago, we've, I've had a relationship with you. I'm from here. Hey, let's do business. That's what I believe it is. And by, the, and by the way, tell me if I'm wrong about this. Tell me if I'm wrong with this. The Bears are not taking Bryce Young at one. If that's the number one pick, they're not taking Bryce Young. Shouldn't the, the negotiation be with Houston or Arizona? Won't they take? You know Houston's taking a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Do they like Young or do they like Stroud? I don't know. They'll get one or the other, obviously, based on where they are. But I think with Indianapolis, 
the attractive thing that they can give you that maybe other teams like, you know, the trade offers are not as good is that second round pick because the Bears have that gap between one and 54 right now. If the Colts can give you a package that would include their first round pick at four and then being able to, you know, give you a pick at 74, that's Houston's pick. So whatever their third, second round pick is, Indianapolis, I know it's uh, 30. They can give you 35. You need that if you're the if you're the Chicago Bears based on what you have between round one and round two. So that's why I think they're the most attractive one. Houston can give you more draft capital probably in the long term. And, you know, they'll probably be drafting high up again next year. So that's what makes that first round pick appealing. I just think that the Bears are going to want to make more moves between day one and the middle of day two than they currently have. We will continue to go around the National Football League and check in with Cap as well. He's got his own darkness retreat happening. We're going to find out if he's okay. Uh, We'll continue here on Cap and J. Hood after this on Chicago's Home for Sports.